God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Amen. Probably one of the first prayers that you learned growing up. Maybe. There's other ones out there, but that one rings in my head as one that got said a lot in dinners with friends and friends' kids. This early acknowledgement of prayer, right? This early acknowledgement that God is something beyond us that we can acknowledge even in the midst of our, our food. I know that it's one that we taught to our daughter. It's not the one that I learned growing up, though. One I learned uh, around my dinner table went something like this and about this pace. <clears throat> Dear Lord, bless what's now before us. Make us worthy and thankful for these blessings we're about to receive. In Christ's name, amen. <laughs> now, I got to say, I didn't know what we were blessing for a really long time. Bless what's now before us sound like, to me, bless what's Navy voice. So I said that all the way up to middle school. <laughs> till a moment when my dad said, what, what are you saying? Which, of course, the embarrassment and the joke and the joy of all figuring out, oh, bless what's now before us, i.e. the food in front of us, as opposed to this word that I thought I knew that no one else did. You know, the, the interesting part about that particular prayer is that it's a prayer that my grandma Pearlie taught my dad and his siblings. And when we get together as a family, that's the one we say. Now, my daughter didn't learn this one because of preschool. Thank you, preschool. Loved it. She, she came home from uh, preschool one day and says, Dad, I want to I say grace for dinner. And I was like, the pastor's kid, of course. Yeah, absolutely. You can say the grace. Thinking that she had heard, you know, God is great or something like that. But this is what she said. <clears throat> Thank God for the brown cow and the chocolate milk. Thank the pigs, oink, oink, for the bacon on the grill. Thank the eggs for the chickens and the chickens for the eggs. Thank the Lord for our daily bread. Amen. Woo! <laughs> Needless to say, that has become something in our family that we say. <laughs> the joy of prayer. And I'm sure that you have plenty of other memories about praying and, wh and what that looks like in your, in your world. And no matter what prayer that is being prayed, these prayers are heard by God and received because of the hearts that are praying it. So whatever it is, if it's you're giving it over to the Lord, God's hearing that. As has been told to you, and if you haven't guessed already, this message is about prayer. As we continue in our series in the book of Acts and its connection to who we are supposed to be as a church, we need to pause and recognize what's been going on so far. I realize we're only at chapter 4, but so much has happened. 
This morning, Scripture comes out of Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 31. Would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. If you've been following with our series, you'll know last week is when we talked about the coming of the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost, this great shaking, this this confirmation of the promise that Jesus had given. And now, this week, what we see is Peter and John have done something that put them in jail, at least temporarily. So let's look back for a second. Let's, let's remind you of where we have been. Jesus tells the disciples in Acts chapter 1, the risen Jesus, to wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit. Jesus exits the scene, and the disciples go to the Mount of Olives, and they do what? That's your cue. They're in constant prayer. If you want to go back, look at that. It's chapter 1, verse 14. They are in constant prayer. They need to choose new leadership, and so they do what? They say, show us which of these two you have chosen. That's chapter 1, verses 24 and 25. They move on, Acts chapter 2. They were all together in one place. And given what we already know about what that means, about being them together, that means they were doing what? The Holy Spirit comes shows up with power and might and empowers them to do something that they could not do on their own, to say things that they could not do on their own. And in the midst of that, Peter preaches. He gets up and starts speaking things that he hadn't thought to speak yet. And 3,000 men become followers of the way. There's more people there, folks. They're just counting men, sadly. Acts chapter 3. 
Peter and John are going to the temple at the hour of prayer to do what? Pray. They encounter and heal a 40-ish year old man who was born lame and had been in that community for years and years. And people are amazed. And they're amazed because there should be no reason that a man born lame after 40 should have come around to being healed like that. This is a person who had been lifted and carried into Jerusalem and set at a gate so that he could beg in a particular place, and then lifted and carried home for years upon years. This was a known person in the community. Where have we heard this story before, Bartimaeus? And at the words of Jesus, this man is healed. People are amazed, and Peter is like, wait a second, but why are you amazed? It was the name of Jesus that did this thing. Peter goes on and says, well, now that Jesus has your attention, let me tell you something. And Peter and John split up, and they start talking about who Jesus is and what's going on and and how people can come to know Jesus. And they talk about and they teach people about the restoration of all things if we are to repent and turn to God, chapter 3, verse 21. And then Acts chapter 4. As they were speaking, as they're preaching, as they're talking to these crowds, they get put in jail. As they're talking, y'all, like they're in the midst of talking and, and in the courts, the, the chief priest is like, no, we're not going to have that. And the guard comes and takes them aside, and because it's already late, they don't know what to do, so they put them in jail for the night. And specifically, they get put in jail by the Sadducees. Sadducees is a ruling party, it's a theological and political party at the time. They're the ones who decide that, you know what, we're not going to have this conversation about Jesus anymore. But here's the problem. Many already had heard the, le- the message before they were jailed, and the number after they had gotten jailed, before they had gotten out, had grown to 5,000. So an extra 2,000 men and probably more women have come now to saving faith in Jesus Christ. The very next day, they're brought before the Sanhedrin. Now the Sanhedrin is, um, is the Jewish Senate, or Supreme Court. It consists of 71 people, one of whom is the chief priest, Annas, who presided over us. Caiaphas is also there. You should know those names. John 18 would remind you that these are the people who were there helping make sure that Jesus got executed. This is a month's, couple months span, folks. So this is not stuff that they don't understand or know. You should also know about the Sanhedrin is that the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the theological parties and political parties in the Sanhedrin, and they're the ones who cause for us to know that Jesus was going to get crucified. They're the ones for cause for this particular thing to happen, which it seems there's a difference here. High priest says the next morning, By what power or what name did you do this, Peter? 
Remember, the 40-ish year old man, he's actually in the audience, standing there, in the midst of this thing that's going on, while Peter unabashedly and unequivocally attributes this miracle to Jesus. And basically points his figure and says, you remember the Jesus that you killed? The problem, right? Talk about bold, right? So Sanhedrin doesn't know how to respond. So what do they do? They invite Peter and John to step out for a minute while they confer. Sanhedrin doesn't have anything. What are they going to say? They've got a man who's been healed. We've got 5,000 people outside, men outside, who are like, yo, this sounds like a fantastic thing to me, and look what's going on. Right? So they give them a stern warning, a slap on the wrist. Hey, don't talk about Jesus anymore. You guys go ahead and go along about your business. Something has changed, not only in them, but in the political system. They don't know how to respond to the power of Jesus, to the power of the Holy Spirit. They do not know what to say. As Peter and John are released, they go back to their followers. They report all that's taken place since they went to go pray at the temple. And when the people hear what has happened, they do what? Pray. So what did God do with this moment? It could have been a huge setback, right? Well, the political parties and the people that are ruling are saying we shouldn't talk about Jesus anymore. And I guess there's a couple different ways to read this scripture. One is that Peter and John were actually scared. We were in jail, first time, trying to figure this out. Remember what happened to Jesus? They could probably do the same thing. What are we going to do? So they go back and pray. The other way to read that is, Peter and John go out of there going, Man, they got nothing on us. We're good to go. We're going to continue to say the name of Jesus and preach the name of Jesus, but we need to be with our people, so we're going to go back and pray. Now, there's no indication in the Scriptures or otherwise how they took it. But man, either way, there's a sense of a need to come back to the Lord and give over to the Lord what they're doing. They know that the Holy Spirit is moving among them and through them, convincing the masses that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. How many of you know you should pray? And see, hands. You know you should pray, right? Like, that's, that's a thing, right? Like in, in Christendom, right? like that's a thing we do? As I was sitting preparing for this sermon, I was like, look, I'm I'm, going to be up here telling y'all about prayer. Like, this is not something that's like brand new. We just talked talked about how we've learned to pray from from a little, right? Like, that's that's a thing that we do. So how am I going to encourage you? How am I going to make this make sense? How am I going to add something new to the conversation about prayer? 
And because of what's been happening, Lord knows over the last couple of months about ways that prayer has continued to come up in this congregation. You're already hearing some of the outworkings of it, but other conversations that I could name multiple times, not in the same, with the same people, but at different people talking about, you know what, we just need to pray. You know what, we, you know, if we're praying, God's going to do something here. You know, if we're praying, let's do some things over here. You know, let's, let's absolutely pray about what God's going to do at Lake Avenue Church. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that and heard that from the other pastors in this place. I thought about that old, um, old analogy about the, about the ducks. You guys have heard this one, right? You know, the, the congregation of ducks. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> so there's a congregation of ducks, right? Y'all know this isn't me. So there's a congregation of ducks, and the, and the, and the, and the duck pastor gets up and preaches this amazing message. He says to the ducks, ducks, the Lord has told us that you can mount up like wings with eagles. Ducks, you have, you have wings. You can fly. And the duck said amen and waddled home. <laughs> Man, I never thought I'd get to say that one and get a laugh. That's hilarious. <laughs> when I heard that when I was a little kid, I was always like, oh my gosh, I need to make sure that I'm taking on the information and, and, and walking out and doing something with what God has said to me, right? Like that's, that's the thing, right? As a pastor and as a preacher, I hear that one and I see a failure of leadership. For that duck pastor should have just walked out of the service and started to fly. So what did the disciples do? They prayed. Four things. They glorified God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. They recognized God was above all things. Two, they identified with the movement of God. Jeff talked about this last week about identifying with the movement of God in us. And you can read through the identification that they make with, with David and with Herod and Pontius Pilate and saying, you know what, we're a part of that movement, God. Number three, they ask for boldness to speak God's word. They say, now Lord, consider the threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Number four, they ask for God to show up miraculously. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They asked for four things. And if you haven't caught it already, this sermon will have just turned into a practicum. We're going to spend some time in prayer. Because you know what? If we don't pray in this place, if we don't allow ourselves to settle into a moment of prayer, knowing that that's what we should do, and just a, hoping that as you go that you pray, then I've made a mistake in standing up here before you. For this is the moment that we need to pray, and we're going to pray the things that were prayed through the people in Acts. These four things. You're going to have to resist, resist the temptation to pray for yourself. You're going to have to resist the temptation to pray the things you've always been praying. Because these four things I recognize for me aren't things that necessarily come up all the time. 
I don't always pray for the boldness to speak God's word. God, help me. It's probably the prayer that comes out of my mouth more often than not. For today, for right now, we're not going to talk anymore about being in one accord. We're going to do it. So part one, we glorify God. I'm going to invite you to use your kneelers. And individually, if you can, kneel down. And the words of praise and worship and glory to God will come out of your mouth in prayer. Whether that be silently or verbally, we're going to spend a couple minutes just praying glorifying God for who God is and what God has done in our midst. Jeremy's going to pray, play over that, and I'll move us to the next movement in a moment. Would you pray? We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise, Lord Jesus. Amen. Part two. We identify with the movement of God. So I want to switch this up a bit. I, I would love for you to get in groups of two or three. And join hands. Just be in a space to surround each other and pray. 
about what we see in this place about God's movement. Be reminded of what our mission is at Lake Avenue Church, right? But gather in groups of two or three, not four, because that's two groups of two. You'll mess my thing up. Two or three. If it means standing up and gathering, please do so. Give a few moments for that. Identify with what God's movement is as you see it in this place. Ready, go. Stand if you need to. God, we identify with your son, Jesus. We are followers of the way, and we continue to know that in our way are things we can't anticipate. But God, you're already, you've already been there. Part three. In groups, four, five, or six. You see how this works? You just need to grab one other group. 
just one other group. You're going to do this. You're going you're gonna to get in that group, and for the person on your right, you are going to pray for the boldness to speak the Word of God in their world. I know, I know, some of this is a little bit more than some of you want. But we keep talking about us as a we. And though that might be uncomfortable, this should be the place where we're allowed to be uncomfortable. Where God's going to move in us anyway. So for my introverts, thank you for joining me in this. For my extroverts, don't talk too long. Four, five, or six, we're praying about the boldness to speak God's word. Find one other group. Ready, go.
God for each one of us in this place when given the opportunity please remind us of who you are and what your word says God even create the words in our mouths that we might speak what you would have us say with boldness knowing that your spirit is leading part four I would love for us to stand. And as individuals in this place, out loud and clearly as day, with all the voices in this place, let us pray together for God's miracle, for people to come to know Him, for people to be saved and healed. Let's ask for God to show up miraculously. And Jeremy and the band will lead us out of that with a song. Let's pray out loud together in this space. Lord God, we praise you and we thank you. We want your miracle in this place. We want miracles in this place. God, we praise you that you're going to do something amazing more than we could ever ask or think. God, that there would be healing, that there would be joy, that there would be wonder, that there would be hope. 